This is Thoughts on the Table by DisgracesOnTheMenu.com. Hello and welcome back to Thoughts on the Table, the audio blog on food and food culture with Paolo and with Nick Zingale back again with me. Ciao Paolo. Hi Nick. How are you my friend? I am well, how are you? I'm great, I'm great. Uh, yeah, we haven't spoken for a while now, a couple of months, maybe even three. Yeah, uh, yeah. I heard you went to Italy. Yes, I went to Italy, which is always fun. Uh, and then when I came back, uh, I was you know swamped with work, and then I was able to organize a podcast with a friend, uh, Linda. Uh, so that was a lot of fun to do. And I know you 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 listened to it as well, right? Yeah, I did. I enjoyed a lot when she was talking about the struggle, and obviously it's. You know, whatever struggle I have is about tenfold for you guys, um, or a hundredfold. When you are in Belgium and or Canada, mm-hmm. and you've got all these people saying things about Italian food, such as it's so heavy. Yes. Um, and I have been a broken record to my friends and family recently, telling them mm-hmm. how, well, Italian food actually isn't heavy, and you're just not eating um, Italian food. And actually, I was traveling for work for about three weeks in May. Mm-hmm. And we went to, you know, I go to a lot of small towns for my job. And we went to a couple of towns in eastern Ohio that had a lot of um, Italian immigrants back in the day. Mm-hmm. So you've got a lot of their descendants there still. And there's a lot of these like really just old school Italian American restaurants there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, it just hates those are my people. <laughs> but they, the food they serve can be so heavy. It just can be so, yeah. you know, it's like soup sometimes when you get pasta and the sauce mm-hmm. is so chunky and you're like fishing in there for the for the little piece of penne. Yeah, yeah I wrote a post with some um, friends, uh, food bloggers. There was a collaboration. And um, yeah, one of the biggest misconceptions is the ratio between sauce and pasta. Uh, the sauce is never enough. You know, you just need more sauce. Uh, which is really not not at all what it's about, right? So yes, that's, that's a common one. Mm-hmm. I try to I try to um, you know correct the record uh, whenever <laughs> I can, but I think and this is what you guys are talking about is that you start to be annoying, and then they probably don't want to hear it anymore. So you just have to stop bringing it up. Just <laughs> it's, it's true, you know, we can't help it, but uh, <laughs> after a while, we, we have to slow down or we lose all of our friends. They, they don't invite <laughs> us anymore. For sure, they don't invite us over for dinner because they are worried to end up on the blog. <laughs> so, <laughs> say, oh, no, misconception. Your food shaming blog. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> That's the problem. Anyway, um, so with Nick, we were doing an interesting uh, series of episodes uh, where we started talking about his experience in Italy. So, of course, Nick is of Italian descent. And uh, um, just recently, about a year ago, he managed to uh, get a leave of absence and go travel and work in Italy for a total of six months, uh, which is actually quite a long time. It doesn't feel like but such a long time now to me because um, I've been in Canada for 16 years. But um, <laughs> but I, I remember when I first came to to Canada for a few months and, and yeah, it was, a, it was a very long time. And anyway, um, it, during this trip, um, he went as far as travel to the south of Italy where his ancestors are from. And for the first time, he was able to confirm uh, some of his theories, right? Um, so uh, we were talking about this trip, and let's continue talking about it. Okay, so I will start in Rome. 
as I was about to make the journey into Campo Basso. Mm -hmm. And I have written a little bit about this part on my blog. But basically, I had just finished doing what probably most people consider the main tourist stuff of Italy, that you'd have your Italy 101 trip. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd gone through Florence and Rome, and I did Naples and the Amalfi Coast. And so after that phase of the trip, it was time to go hunt for relatives, I guess, and hunt for my roots. Um, so I learned the word radici. Nice. Um, radici, actually. Sorry, I is to... it radici? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you don't mind being corrected. No, no, no. no. I know, yeah. So, yeah, there I was in Rome, and it was a Sunday. Mm -hmm. And I was going to head into Campo Basso. And Campo Basso is the capital city of the region of Molise mm -hmm. and Molise. I don't know if Paolo, you have any, what you heard about Molise, uh, growing up in Italy. Um, why don't you tell me? Oh, uh, nothing. I know nothing about <laughs> Molise. <laughs> that's, that's about it. And, you know, in, in the States, we sort of have this, there's a joke that there's a conspiracy theory. I had heard it in college from a friend of mine that North Dakota doesn't really exist. And it was some sort of government conspiracy in order yeah. to cover up, you know, something with the Kennedy assassination or something. And um, it turns out in Italy, they have this exact same conspiracy theory about Molise. It's true, actually. I heard it too. Um, and even the people from Molise uh, have started a sort of a campaign and, and there is a, a hashtag on, on Twitter uh, called Molisent, uh, <laughs> which is uh, very indicative of, of the situation there. Uh, it's a very small region. Uh, there is a, a, a very um, modest economy there and uh, uh, agriculture and just a tiny bit of tourism. Uh, and... Uh, and people who live there must be super nice because nothing ever happens. <laughs> so it must be a very nice place to be. But yeah. again, off the map in a way. So it's, it's sort of, uh, it could be that it doesn't exist. I really don't have any proof. <laughs> yeah, so I had shared with when I was teaching high school kids um, that my plans were to go there. So, yeah, you're Italian origin. That's mm -hmm. the word that um, Italians always tend to use is origin, which yes. um, you don't really hear over here. You say descent or, but yeah, oh, so you're of Italian origin. Oh, so where from? Where are you going to go? Okay, so my dad's side of the family is from Sicily, and my mom's side, they came from Molise. And the teenagers just start laughing at the mere mention of Molise because of this this joke that's now becoming, it's big on the internet um, and probably that hashtag. So what am I about to get myself into going to this place? And, you know, when I, and I don't know if we've touched on this in, in some of our earlier episodes, but I always like to blend in when I travel too. So mm -hmm. like really going to a smaller town where I feel like I might stand out a little bit more, kind of makes me nervous a little bit to go that far off the beaten path. And it was obviously all small towns there, really. Yeah. And so my, my mother's side of the family, basically all of our ancestors came from a handful of villages right outside uh, Campo Basso, mm -hmm. five or six kilometers. So my plan was to get into Campo Basso that Sunday night, stay the night, 
and um, in the morning figure out whatever kind of local bus could get me to this very small paese called Matrice, like Amatrice, ma senza A. Mm -hmm. So I'm here at Termini in Rome looking for this regional train that's going to take me into Campobasso on that Sunday night. So I'm sitting in there and it's the middle of June or it's end of May. Of course, it's hot and crowded and there's nowhere to sit. And I'm like, where's this train? And finally, on the board, it comes up on the very bottom train mm -hmm. and it says platform 20B. And I said, hmm. 20B, okay. Is there uh, a 20A? Yeah, I don't I know. So I walk towards 20 and I don't see it. I'm like, mm. what's going on here? <laughs> walk all the way towards the end. And, you know, it was, it was like my own Harry Potter nine and three quarters <laughs> moment. Um, <laughs> I'm like, where's 20B? And I finally double back towards it and I see a sign. 20B, you know, an arrow pointing me straight ahead, as in walk down 20. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, okay, well, this is interesting. And I'm walking down 20, and they have one of these really long high-speed trains in there. Mm -hmm. You know, 20-plus carrozze. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm like, where the heck is this thing taking me? But it kept, the signs kept saying 20B, 20B, 20B. I keep walking forward. And get out beneath or outside the roof mm -hmm. of the station. So you're basically in the yard there. Yeah. You know when like when you're pulling in and you yeah, just see yeah. graffiti everywhere? Yeah, it's one of the ugliest parts of Italy. <laughs> yeah. We're just out there. And finally I like turn a corner and there's a half dozen or maybe a dozen or two people standing there at platform twenty B. And um and, and I guess that means beast. Which is I don't know what what is that is that extra or what is that? Uh, yes, I think it's the closest uh, that I can come up with. Yes, extra. Yeah. So it wasn't B as in A and B. It was in B as in as B's additional. Or, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. So there's a train there that's only two carriages, <laughs> and kind of the paint's like peeling off the side of it and. <laughs> says right on the side there, Regione Molise. I'm like, oh my God, what the heck am I getting myself into? <laughs> so I stand there for a couple minutes and all of a sudden they start it up and it sounds like a pickup truck starting because they're running it on a diesel engine. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah And yeah. that's why you had to be out there, I realized later on, yeah. because probably they can't be running that uh, diesel engine underneath the, <laughs> in the building. Yeah, I have seen some of those. Yeah, but I've never been on one of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this thing is loud um so you know we got in and rode it it's probably two two and a half hours you know other than being a bit louder it's pretty much like any uh, train. train ride mm -hmm. it did stop in the middle of nowhere at one point at like this station that had to be abandoned so i don't know what they were doing but i was like you know of course hoping oh Hopefully it's not broken down in the middle of nowhere. Get some gas, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so finally we make it into Campo Basso. And um, for that night I had gotten like a 
kind of an Airbnb mm-hmm. type of thing. Gorgeous place. Best place I stayed at in Italy because I could afford it because it was Campo Basso. So, so I think it was only 60 euros a night. And I had like this apartment right in the center of the city over like the central piazza Beautiful. with like two stories in there and like two bathrooms and a kitchen. And I was staying in hostels for the past couple of weeks. So I was loving that. So in the morning I wake up and I go to the central bus terminal in Campo Basso. Mm-hmm. And it's this weird, almost like a yellow, a bright yellow erector set covering. <laughs> um, so the first thing I have to do is I have to find the bus to this town called Matrice. <laughs> and, of course, there's all kinds of buses coming in and coming out. And I don't see any that say up above the, the window there, Matrice. <laughs> so I go in and I ask the guy, and I do my best Italian, I do my scusa il mio italiano. <laughs> and they're like, oh, yeah, you want to go around the backside of this, and the bus is leaving at 1, and you'll be good. <laughs> So I go around the back and they had told me the company to look for. Mm-hmm. And now I see with that company name, uh, a little van driving around. So I'm like, is this, is this it? So I go ask the guy in the, in the van, kind of a grumpy old guy. He tells me, no, 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 no. Ah. And he points towards like the bus in the back where the guy's just, the driver's just hanging out waiting till one o'clock. So finally at one o'clock, that bus comes up. I get on the bus. I sort of chat with the guy for a couple a couple minutes. Oh, yeah, I'm American, going to Matrice. Oh, okay. Um, buy a round-trip ticket, and I take my seat. Mm-hmm. And it's about 1 o'clock. So what happens at uh, 1 o'clock is that school lets out. Oh. So I'm on the bus for a couple minutes. And a couple minutes later, just about every single school kid in <laughs> Molise gets on the bus with with me. So <laughs> I just feel so out of place, you know, just uh, wanting to crawl down underneath the seats. <laughs> all these kids, you know, they all know each other. And this is what just, yeah. yeah. wherever I am, small towns, just I prefer the anonymity of a city. <laughs> They're all just looking at me, wondering who the heck this guy is. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, my God, please let this ride end. <laughs> so, you know, it's only a 15-minute or so ride. The thing lets me off. And um, I booked a B&B from Booking.com. <laughs> So I walk down over to this this place and it's a gorgeous house. Guy and his wife do a bed and breakfast. And everything gets called a bed and breakfast in Italy, really. But this is like a bed and breakfast, I guess, as we would think of it. Whereas like there's someone in the house there with you. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of places in Italy called B&Bs. It's really you're just renting a private apartment, which is oh, no complaint yeah. to me. Um, but this guy and his wife, they do a and b So I knock on, on the door. And the guy answers, and there's me standing there with my backpack. So he brings me in. I tell him where I'm from, what I'm doing. Well, basically, they thought I was crazy to go there to chase a great-grandfather who was born in 1884. So they were just skeptical. 
you know, um, mm, I didn't know what the heck I was doing. They didn't really know what. Suspicious. Um, mm. Yeah. So the first evening I had brought like a bag of food cause I, you know, had an inkling that there wasn't going to be a lot of restaurants in this town and I wasn't going to be able to transport myself all around. These buses aren't exactly the every 10 minute variety. So I had like brought some snacks. Mm-hmm. So I'm like eating my snacks and, uh, I'm just feeling uncomfortable like, oh, how am I going to go about doing this? It was just like an initial shock for me. Mm. So that first night, really, I was nervous and hungry because all I have were my snacks. And I'm like, I don't even want to go outside. And uh, everyone's going to stare at me. And it was hard enough to get here on that bus. And I'm just done. I'm just spent for the day. You were having a hard time. Yeah. Yeah. It was not an easy evening. I was like mm. just questioning the whole entire thing. Um, then his wife comes home. And they come in there. I mangiato. <laughs> uh, they knew, you know, they knew exactly what was going on. So then they gave me guy Ed, the um, the town bake. He was a baker. Oh boy, nice. So he gave me some pizza, and I told him, "Oh, tomorrow I'm gonna go shopping. You know, I get a bunch of food. Thanks so much. You know." But now I'm even more embarrassed because, like, they're feeding me, you know. Um, so, yeah, I was just embarrassed that day. And I said, well, tomorrow I'm going to City Hall because the May I had emailed the, the City Halls of all of these uh, towns to yeah. tell them I was coming and what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. So the one in Matrice had enthusiastically responded. So I said, oh, yeah, I'm going to go meet this guy tomorrow. He thinks it's cool what I'm doing. The guy tells me, all right, in the morning, I'll take you down there. So about 7, 8 o'clock next morning, this guy, Angelo, gives me a ride in his, like, delivery truck. Mm -hmm. And he basically told me, he's like, you know, I have two daughters, and if they were stranded in the middle of nowhere in some foreign country, like, I would hope someone would – do this for them. Like that's mm-hmm. what he told me after I thanked him for the pizza and for the ride and all of that. So, um, you know, really, really nice. Of well, the hospitality of uh, Southern Italians is well known. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why I was surprised that they would be suspicious. Maybe you just didn't fit any. I think I was prior... just acting sketchy. Oh yeah. You were acting sketchy because you were nervous. Yeah. yeah. So they read that and mm-hmm. they didn't trust you. But then I suppose when they realized that you checked out, then they fed you and then helped you. Yeah. So that first day, and then this is where it starts to take a turn for the better. I go <laughs> to the city hall. And so my job here in the States, I audit uh, local governments. So I've been to a million city halls for like villages and small cities. And the first thing that struck me was it's the exact, exact same thing. They look the same. Yeah. It's just City Hall, you know, and Mm -hmm. just the vibe was just still the same. So that struck me as I went in and I said, oh, yeah, you know, I'm here. And I had my printout of the email from the mayor. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, he's not here. Let's call him. So they call him and I sit there and wait for a little bit. And the guy shows up and, you know, they help me find 
my ancestors birth certificates in the book which is this like you know <laughs> in italy they uh the records are kept at the town level yeah 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 and you can go into pretty much any town in italy unless <laughs> there's been a fire or something they yeah. have books on this shelf that go back you know and a lot of times pre-unification true actually i do have something about this um you know in italy in my my time when i was there uh, there was mandatory military service um now it's a volunteer basis uh but back then it was mandatory and but there was the option to do a civilian service you had to say that you object to the use of firearms or something uh, yeah. which is what a lot of people did because obviously it wasn't fun to go to the military service uh, so that's what I did. And I did it in City Hall in my hometown. I was very lucky to be assigned to my hometown. Oh. Yeah. So it was social service. Bravo. It was social services. But at the same time, we were also doing some work in, um, in Anagrafe, which is the, I don't know how to translate that. It's like, um, I don't there know. There is Nonche. Nonche. <laughs> uh, it's the registry of birth and death. We just call them vital records. Vital records. In Canada, is vital statistics. Yes, so um, so I had a chance to see these books. You're right; they go back to before yeah. the unification in some cases. How big were they? They were huge. Uh, the The pages were really big, uh, like uh, I don't know, it would have been a couple of feet tall by foot and a half, and they were handwritten, um, and uh, it was very striking to see. Um, for instance, the the thing that I remember still is the cause of death mm-hmm. and sometimes it was age <laughs> so no no better explanation uh, which is uh, obviously right now they will always have something more specific to say mm-hmm. so yeah so this is my memory how far back did they go up there in um, Lombardia well I think the ones that I've seen were from a 1840s 1850s because yeah the, actually it's from just some reading I've done on the subjects the South actually from their bourbon kings right. actually had it longer than many of the northern sort of uh you know, little duchies and whatnot before unification. Yeah, it's true. I was in a small town that I think didn't exist back then. Uh so that's probably why. I think if you go to Milan you probably find older stuff. Mm-hmm. But anyways, yeah, so they helped me find this stuff and then just you know, this guy was cut from the same cloth in me that it, that he was really interested um That's you know nice. i think some people some people are like okay whatever you know and other people are really interested and he said you know i've got family in cleveland and various parts of canada you know cousin here there we know many people that were in you know from this town that went to cleveland um you know, it was almost like the same towns. Everyone go to the same place. Yeah, it, it used to happen. Mm-hmm. Used to happen, yes, because they would follow somebody. There would be mm-hmm. a little bit of uh, comfort in knowing that you know somebody there that can help you find a place or find a job. Exactly. And um, after the Second World War and probably in between the wars, the American cousins would send money. And he's like, "Yeah, they we we rebuilt the church." Um, from money from Cleveland. And he ended up showing me like this plaque on the wall. To Super the, interesting. To Nostri uh, Fili di Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, very, very interesting. Um, then one of the other guys comes and starts chatting to me. 
and he guessed the name of my own little suburb of 20 or so thousand people because there's such a yeah, yeah. Um, deep connection. And, you know, the more I went around the Triche and even Campo Basso as a whole, and you see the names of businesses and things, and you mm-hmm. just see more and more surnames. It's like, these are all surnames that I, in many cases, grew up with people with these surnames. Um, so did you have any idea they were all coming from Matriche? Yeah, I had, I had, because I'd spent a couple of years at this point learning a lot. Um, and we even had, like, there's a restaurant um, around here that serves too much sauce on their pasta. <laughs> They've got photos um, of Matrice, mm-hmm. like in the waiting area for the restaurant. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I had a good idea of that. So you found you found the records. Um, so you probably had an address or or something. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They I, we did birth records. I really should go and try to get um, marriages and deaths. And but really, that would entail me going further back because these particular ancestors all got married and died in the states. Uh, okay, yeah. So really, mostly what I've looked at is birth records. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this one branch of my family called Lemo seemed like about one third of every person in that entire town was named Lemo. <laughs> but yeah, they introduced, Oh, here, here's the lady that works upstairs. Her name's Lemo. And it's like, okay, maybe we're super distant cousins, but I guess like with this particular name in that town, like there's people with the same name in yeah. the town that don't even consider themselves related. Um, which, I mean, we're all really related. <laughs> If you go back long enough, yeah. So I don't know what the definition of related is. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's just still striking to me to shake someone's hand that may be uh, some kind of cousin. So they say, oh, well, we'll put you in touch with uh, Maria Paula. So Maria Paula, and I'm giving out names of people. Maybe I shouldn't do that on the, on your podcast. Um <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's safe. <laughs> <laughs> so this woman lived up uh, near where you grew up, actually. Oh, really? Because a lot of people, obviously, migrated in Italy. Oh, But yeah. she was some sort of distant cousin of mine that did the whole family tree. So they gave me her name and her email and everything like that. Um, and I ended up getting in touch with her, and she sent me all kinds of stuff. Like, I've got the whole thing back to, like, the 1600s. She was able to be like, oh, yeah, we're sixth cousin twice, you know, whatever I am with her. Um, she sent me the whole thing. Fantastic. And so she had already researched all of that. She was equally yep. interested. Super lucky. I think if you, if you go back far enough in any sort of family history project, you're going to meet somebody that's done a lot of the work for you. Um, I, I don't know. In my case. Although I, you had told I, me that in Italy, it's not as big of a thing. Or was that you who told me that? I don't know if I did, but I, it's not. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't it's think It's bigger that... here because of the nature of it. Yeah, I suppose. Everyone's so interested in reconnecting, whereas... I think my family has always lived uh, in the same area. So in a way, they, they kind of know. And mm-hmm. there's nothing too interesting about it. We take it for granted. Yeah, we're, we're from here. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. 
but yeah, this woman had done it. And not only that, she'd written a book oh, about wow. the, uh, about the paese. So yeah, she ended up giving me like all the knowledge. Um, awesome. But she lives in the North now. Yeah. So I've only corresponded with her with okay. her via email. <laughs> and did you meet somebody related to you in Matrice in town? Really? That's the closest one that oh. I didn't know of just because um, she had all that work done. But no one stayed. Yeah, no one stayed. You know, the thing of it is, it would be my great-great-grandfather. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a long time ago. Um, and he didn't have any children until he came to the States. So it would have to be oh. a descendant of a sibling of his mm -hmm. would be the closest possible if he had a sibling. And, and it's not just him. I had three great-great-grandparents from this village. Mm-hmm. So probably one of them had a sibling that didn't go to America and might still have descendants there. But um, You haven't traced it yet. I, yeah, it's still a long-term goal. That's awesome, yeah. yeah. Well, you got time. <laughs> yep. Um, and that kind of goes to everywhere I visited. I didn't really ever meet anyone. It's just been too long to say, oh, yeah, you know, we remember your your great-grandfather that left in 1907, you know. Um, I think there's a lot of people who whose families emigrated a little bit mm -hmm. more recently that are able to do that, but it just didn't end up being easy for me to do. Technically, it would be conceivable to meet somebody elderly who remembers these people, uh, which were already elderly when they were young, uh, mm -hmm. but they may not be there. I did speak to two very elderly women that I was introduced to, and one of them in a different town did claim to have known my great-great-grandfather. But I don't know if the numbers really add up. I mean, <laughs> even if she was pushing 100, yeah. you're still pushing it. Now, she probably knew the name. Yeah, you know, There could have been, you know how it is in these towns, everyone's got the same name, so... Yeah, you know, there could have been she remembers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. So this was uh, Matrice. Um, and uh, is there more that you were able to do while, while you were there? Oh, yeah. And, and you know, if they are really long stories, Paolo. Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> I could do another two or three hours just on Campo Basso. Because <laughs> I've told these stories, like, since I've been back, we'll get all uh, cousins and stuff together. I love it. If you want to do it on the podcast, I, I love to host it. it for me, it's super fascinating. Nick has been great. Uh, we're out of time, of course, for, for this episode. Uh, there's more to tell about Matrice, and then there's the rest of the trip. So I really, uh, I really enjoyed uh, your stories. Thanks so much for sharing that. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. Been a pleasure, Paolo. No problem. We'll continue later when you have time. Okay. Bye, Nick. Have a great day. Ciao, you too. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.